0: Hey guys, welcome to Bud Lamb Talks, where with resources and stories, we hope to encourage you to know, love, and enjoy God, to follow Him with your heart, and to love like Jesus. So I'm, I'm reading here from the introduction of my book, Chasing the Sage. Uh, the subtitle is, What Men Want, Finding Purpose and Passion at Every uh, Stage uh, in Life. So here's the introduction, and it begins with this. I bet you can relate to this story. Once upon a time, there was a guy who went for a walk to clear his head, gain perspective, and figure some things out. The guy was about your age, and he walked um, uh, deep in thought, hardly noticing where he was going. The sun began to set as he entered a wooded area. It approached dusk, and he realized that he had lost his way he came upon a chain-link fence with constantine wire lining the top and out of the darkness came a commanding voice as a soldier advanced, armed to the teeth with weapons. Who are you and what are you doing? The soldier barked. The guy was stunned and he asked, What did you say? Who are you and what are you doing? How much did they pay you to guard this compound? The guy asked. What is that to you? Who are you and what are you doing? To which... The wandering man replied, I will pay you twice that much if you ask those questions every day. Who are you and what are you doing? How we answer these two questions are the story that we tell ourselves. They remind us and keep us on track, going forward with purpose and passion. And we need to have answer to these two questions or we will drift chase endless rabbit trails, and opt for quick, easy, low-lying fruit. When I left home and joined the Army, I wasn't thinking about those questions. I just charged off into life in the first direction that presented itself, and I became one of those who walks down a street and falls into a deep hole. It is dark. I want to get out fast, but it takes me a long time to get out, and I don't ever want to do that again. I move on to whatever's next. A few days later I walk down that same street again, fall into that hole again. It's still dark and I want out fast. It takes a long time to get out but eventually I do and then I move on to whatever's next. I walk down and I fall in that hole like Sisyphus rolling his stone up the hill. It has become a lifestyle and one day after maybe seven times seventy times I see the hole looming as I walk down the street. I hope I won't fall in, but I do. Another day, I shame myself for falling into the hole. Another day, I walk around the hole. Until another day, I walk down a different street. Yes, I navigate with resistance. That's how I seem to move through the years. I move in a direction until I run into something, and then I adjust and go onward again. Painful simple. This ancient word of wisdom says it pretty well. I fall down seven times and get up eight. It's from Proverbs twenty-four sixteen. This is how I learned to move through life, falling down and getting up. It seems I'm always standing or approaching a fork in the road, whether I'm aware of it or not. To the left is trying to live out of my highest and best self To the right is that damn hole. After the Army, I drifted from one low-lying job to another. Gone was the all-American boy Eagle Scout athlete hero of the family. I worked at a graveyard shift at a convenience store on the wrong side of town, flunked out of college because I was high on drugs, and drifted from one job to another. Strip it all down... I was living like an orphan, behaving like a boy and running out of gas. I needed a long repentance in the same direction. I slowly began to get a handle on my growing addictions, and I took easy-to-get jobs in retail and real estate. Copier sales is also on my resume. When in my early 40s, my first marriage ended with a divorce, I began to paint houses. You see, the divorce slammed me like running into a concrete wall at 70 miles an hour. And looking back almost 30 years, it was then that I began to take a walk like the guy in the story. I was asking questions for the first time, who am I and what am I doing? They began to make pretty good sense. Still navigating by resistance, I began to read, reflect, and imagine a life I'd never lived. It was a season of learning some things that my father never taught me. I knew I was being drawn by my heart into an epic adventure, yet the progress was so slow, and I continued to be a fall-down-seven, get-up-eight kind of guy. And now, now looking back over almost 50 years of being what our culture calls a man, I can clearly see three movements or seasons or mysterious transformations which are hard-wired into the soul of a man. I observe three movements, movements at a glacial pace, slow, like the shifting of the tectonic plates. These three movements can move a man through the thread of, who am I and what am I doing? The first movement is orphan to son. You see, most guys operate as functional orphans, the result of wounds from the hands of our fathers. We learn the first lesson of an orphan. It is unwise to trust others. We move through life believing survival is all up to us. D. H. Lawrence writes, I am ill because of the wounds to the soul, to the deep emotional self, and the wounds to the soul take a long, long time, only time and patience and a certain difficult repentance, a long, difficult repentance, realization of life's mistake and the freeing of oneself, The next movement is from boy to man. Moist boys learn how to be men by their well-intended mothers while their fathers were absent. And as a result, we grow up, but we don't necessarily mature. Uninitiated into manhood by a man, we remain a boy in a man's body. I call this a boy-man. Finally, the movement of chasing the sage. While the orphan is focused on survival, the son on learning, a boy on pleasure, a man on building, the sage is focused on being. Chasing the sage is unsensational, ordinary, obedient to ancient traditions we now call disciplines, which form your mind and heart and style of living. These movements do not come simply by the passage of time. They do not come through well-intended religious effort. We do not arrive at chasing the sage after checking off the boxes of orphan to son and then boy to man. And yet, chasing the sage begins very early in life. You see, Blaise Pascal wrote, and this is true, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. From birth, we have this hole in our heart, which we seek to fill with things we think will fill the hole, which can only be filled with God. These movements first take place below the waterline. They first become a cultivated inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. Both the inward and the outward aspects are essential. And yet we deceive ourselves if we think we can possess the inward reality without it having a profound effect on how we live. Chasing the Sage, this book in your hands, is about this slow, painful, magnificent process of the continued fathering of men by God who offers us his blessing and abundance with no strings attached. Who is this sage we are Chasing, he is God as Father, Son, Spirit, our Creator and Redeemer. The sage is also our highest and best self, which is created in the image of our sage God. Living out of the sage for us mortals, we find, is a long discipline in the same direction of continued pursuit. We fall and get up again, we navigate by resistance. For the son and the man, it is not a lonely pursuit, for we have a father and we are his sons. He leads and accompanies us every step of the way. The questions, who am I and what am I doing? They answer themselves as we chase the sage. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in for today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. And for more information about who we are and what we do, check us out at budlam.com. So let's get after it now with all we've got. Take care.